we're now, are we? <laughs> we are. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I don't know what Curtis is going to tell me, but he can tell me when we're finished. Um, hello and welcome to White Line Fever Kicks and White Line Fever Live. And what are we doing here? Well, I figured the only way to do this show at once a week, when you rely on guests, um, uh, you know, sometimes they bail out. It's hard work just trying to find a guest sometimes. And when you just do evergreen stuff, as we found out last time, there's a lot of production involved. There's a lot of research and scripting, et cetera, et cetera. So, so you've got to have a few other formats that aren't a kind of uh, evergreen documentary and, and, and aren't an interview. And so I've come up with this one and I draw a lot of these ideas from music podcasts and music stuff on YouTube. And, and this, is, this one's called Love Hate, which is actually a band, if you like your 80s hair metal. It's also, a, I think it's an Irish TV show as well, Love Hate. But um, uh, in this case, it's going to be Love and Hate. And, and we're going to talk about something that's really fresh. Um, and, and that is Origin One. And I'll welcome to the show, Curtis Woodward. Hello, Curtis. How are you? Good, Steve. Good to see you again, sir. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not recording, so I might just record as well, just in case. Um, no, we'll fucking wrong. do that again. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So, um, uh, yeah. So we're gonna we're going to go through five things that we love from Origin One and five things we hated from Origin One. And I got my Twitter followers to 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 volunteer me for either love or hate, and they all think I hate Origin. So they just because they're vindictive. They said I had to say five things I love. You do though. Well, to an extent, to an extent. So I'm going to start off. I'm going to start off uh, with the first thing uh, I loved about Origin One, which, as we know, was a um, 50 to six win for New South Wales over Queensland, uh, and that is the venue. Can't read it. No, the stadium. I, oh, I we got it. I can see it. <laughs> I've never been to Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Uh, and uh, and it, um, it, it actually befitted, like 20 years ago, you would think that would be a, a, a stadium in the middle of Sydney or Brisbane, and you would have been happy with that. In fact, even 10 years ago. Um, so I, I thought it mm. was great. I thought the crowd were very well behaved, it seemed. There was a great atmosphere. They loved to have our origin in town. The joints sold out. Uh, you could walk back to uh, South Bank or that other, the other street uh, on the other side of the river um, and, and have a few beers. Um, I thought I thought the venue looked fantastic. Can't wait to go there. What do you think there, um, Curtis? Well, uh, so my first one, if we're going from five to one, um, what I hate uh, was the turbo versus Teddy thing. And this is the this is the one egotistical thing that I have about this whole thing is is a couple of weeks ago through the 81stminute.com, dirty little plug for for my website, but um, I mentioned something that. Um, New South Wales won't play Tedesco is a, a as a pure fullback because Tom Turbo is way too good to play like that, and and I even named Turbo at one, which maybe have been for a few clicks and a bit more um, engagement on social media, but I absolutely said that Tom Turbo would not play as a fullback, and it was it was crazy how I, I haven't seen. Tactics like this in a game for a long, long time. And and it takes a lot of balls to do what and what Fittler and, and Greg uh, Brandy Alexander did. I actually thought that what they did was probably the most tactically 
um, amazing thing that rugby league seen in, in maybe 50, 60 years. It was just they completely threw everything out and just went, you know what, we're going to connect the centres with the centres. We're going to play four halfbacks. And when I say four four halfbacks, I mean the two halves. I mean Jake Trubojevic and Tedesco. And Tedesco actually took a back seat to what Tom did across the field. So it, it, it was intense. And I, and I, I loved it. I, I, I haven't seen anything like that for a long, long time. So that's your number five. Mine is a controversial one, actually. My number four, it's the discipline. Because even though there was a couple of incidents with high tackles, people were looking for dozens of them. They wanted to find, they wanted to find a dozen of them, 20 of them, and they found a couple where the, where the, where the referee and the video referee and maybe the um, uh, video review committee were a little bit lenient. But basically, I thought yeah. it actually showed that Origin is not dead when you're not punching blokes and you're not, um, you know, you're not head high and coat hangering guys. It was really quick game. It was, it was entertaining, but it was entertaining in a different way. And it was mismatched. So we don't really know how it would go if it was tighter and everyone's uh, got hung under the collar. But generally speaking, I thought it was a, um, it was a triumph for the idea that Origin can survive um, the post-Biffo era. You know, I thought it proved it can. What do you think? Oh, well, look, the question of that is, Steve, is, and that goes to my, I'm looking over here to, it's actually my number one, my number one hate, which comes back, and then, we can do this now, we can do my number one hate now, okay. is the Cameron Murray getting hit and, like, knocked off until 2025. I mean, he got hit that hard in the head. And it looked like a, like a send-off or a sin bin at least um, in any other year. And then he was out of the game. Mm-hmm. But the problem is is the hip, the fact that Vandalay says, you know, we, we're going to do one thing here and then Origin's here. And everyone before the game saying, oh, no, no, we're definitely going to officiate this game the same way. But it wasn't. And I, I and absolutely, I am thankful for the fact that we are on on the national stage where people from Western Australia and South Australia and Victoria and Tasmania tune in three times a year and they watch Origin and they see Murray get knocked out and they go, "That's why I'm watching." But for the people in New South Wales and Queensland, they're thinking, "Why is that not a sin bin at least?" So that's my number one. That's my number one hate from the game is that of all the things that happened in Origin 1, that was the one thing where I think the NRL had to stand up the referees and said, you're off a 10. It's not far from there, though, to a clean or like to an Origin where there's no, you know, there's, there's no send-offs or sin bins and there's no reason for them. There was one or two this time. So it wasn't like wall-to-wall. So... You know, I, I think I think it was. I think the players were more disciplined because, you know, because of the recent climate. You know, I thought I thought there were some tackles that might have crept up or that did it. Now there were a couple that were dodgy and probably should have been cracked down upon. You know, which I've seen people point out and which the NRL are getting quite defensive about. But it's not far away getting to the point where they want it to be. So I thought that was a, a good oh, thing, not a bad. Steve. And there is memory fog. There, there is memory fog where 
because it's a it only comes around you know once a year so people forget in that 12 month period and when they want to get fired up for origin they go to youtube and they look for big hits and and punch-ons and all that shit that that's great but i think by the time we get to origin people are so fired up for it they forget you know the the little a's and b's about everything else but i i i I think people also forget that Origin is not just about that. Origin, some of the best games of rugby league anyone's ever seen are pure games. And unfortunately, on Wednesday night, New South Wales were absolutely perfect. And Queensland, who weren't, um, when you look at their list, they weren't that bad. They had a good team. It was just New South Wales were way too good. Mm. My number three... And I actually crossed out something here. I had, I originally wrote some of the coverage, but then I, I changed it to most because some yep. is a bit hard. I thought it was, um, um, yeah, I thought that it was brilliant. Some of the things that they're doing in the NRL this year, both channels, you know, with that that kind of cinematic camera, uh, extra mm-hmm. high definition when after the tries. And the, um, I, I, yep. it wasn't a drone. I think it was on a pulley, you know, behind. And there was the, and then there was a camera that was on the goalpost and, um, you know the, the the one on the on the rails. You know, I just think uh, it's it's another level, and it certainly beats um, you know beats what you see over here. You know, with, to me, it beats what you see over here in, in sports coverage. Even though it's very good and technically advanced and expensive, it's kind of a bit stale. You know, they don't have that kind of spirit of innovation that that they continue to show in the NRL. So. Um, congratulations. And no, mm. and I know people love to whinge about cop, um, uh, copy takers. I know that people love to whinge about commentators, um, but people weren't whinging that much about the commentators, um, you know, the other night, which is good as well. So, you know, I thought the coverage of people involved in the coverage on the, the host broadcast, which is Channel 9, I thought that they deserve a round of applause. They were good. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and it's been a long time. And like, you would see this online as well, um, being over there in the UK now, but even in your time when you were still back in Australia, is that you would see on social media, um, particularly Queensland fans, when they went through that period where they, they won that a, a trillion series in a row, is that uh, it was very biased. But I, I, I would give Channel 1 credit and say that they've done very well. And even Gus's, did you see Gus's intro? Mm. That, was, that, that was pretty good. It was pretty good. So I'll give Gus credit for that. Yeah, well, at least you know what he says he says to players all these years when you see those things, you know. And I guess if you're um it's more effective if you're sort of just uh being strapped and you're ready to go out there and rip people's heads off than it is if you're if you're on your third beer or whatever. Uh, which <laughs> kick off that happen. but at least you know what you know what he says to the players. Um my number two thing I loved about Origin, and if you've just turned us on. We're doing a, a, a thing called Love Hate, and it's Love Hate Origin, Five Things We Love, Five Things We Hated. I'm up to my, counting down from five to one, I'm up to number two of things I loved, and it's Nathan Cleary. I thought he was, I thought he was fantastic. I thought, I, thought he, I thought he was like as good as I've ever seen him play, and, you know, I, I kind of, mm. as someone who doesn't watch eight games a week anymore, you know, I, I, I guess I, I've missed some of his better performances over the, over the years. Uh, but to me, that showed, you know, what he was capable of, you know, um, great playmaker, you know, um, 
it just uh, yeah, he got he got split open. I thought maybe it was a pop zit at one point, but he uh, got split open. I, I don't think <laughs> I, if I was going to do hate, I would go the blood bin. The blood bin wasn't very well enforced. I didn't think you know, blokes stayed on while they were gushing blood. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, just 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 you know, superlative performance from from Nathan Cleary. Uh, what what can you say about a bloke who, who plays that well on that stage? You know, um, so that was that was my number two thing I loved about Origin, um, Origin one. Oh look, I'll agree with that, Steve. And you can probably help me with this more than um, than just as much anyone else is. Is that, for example, someone from I don't know the late eighties, like someone like Peter Sterling? Um, when you talk about Peter Sterling now. Everyone says, oh, some people say he's a potential um, immortal. But when I see his highlights on YouTube, he doesn't run through the line and skip over people and chip and chase and do a backflip and then a tries. Peter Sterling, what he did was he um, kind of glued the rest of the team together and made the rest of the team better. And I think there's a bit of Nathan Cleary and Peter Sterling about that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, Peter Sterling's one of the best players I ever saw. I'd rate him in about the three or four best players I ever saw. Um, so I, I think he, I think he's, you know, a great, a great player. Um, uh, yeah, um, you're right. I mean, I mean, actually, it's funny you mentioned Peter Sterling of all the players you could have pulled out because I saw a clip where a guy was talking to Adam Blair on Warriors TV, and they mm. asked Adam Blair, "Who would you bring back to help the Warriors?" You know, from any era, and Adam Blair said Greg Inglis, and the host said Peter Sterling. And, and, and Adam Blair said, well, um, yeah, Peter Sterling in today's game? He's like, you know, he just didn't – he couldn't see it, you know. Um, but, I mean, it was a yeah. slower game and the teams were closer together. Um, so, so, you know, I understand I, – I kind of understand how someone younger might see that. But to me, Peter Sterling was a fantastic player. And who knows – you know, who knows if Wally Lewis would be the player, you know, now. Well, I think he would. I think Peter Sterling would be a good player now. But um, Absolutely. Yeah, um, my number one is the Samoans, Luai and To'o. I thought they were fantastic, and I love that thing they did that the NRL have tweeted, which someone's turned into a TikTok cartoon. Like, um, I love that. Um, yeah, that great, and I love the fact that they want to play for Samoa. And we saw Mal Meninga having a whinge before kickoff, saying they're not available for Australia. Well, you know, they got rid of the international weekend, uh, um, and. You, you can't tell me part of the motivation. The clubs don't want to release players, right? That's the reason. The clubs don't want to release players. The players now cannot choose a, a, a Pacific country over... There's no date clash anymore, right? So the problem in the previous last mm. years was that the players had to choose and they chose their Pacific country. So what they do, they got rid of yeah. the test. They got rid of the test so the players don't have to choose their country over their state. And so they're choosing the state. And now Mal's whinging that they've chosen the state. We'll bring back the Pacific test or bring back um, an international window at origin time. And then Mal, you won't have the problem because no, the players who don't want to play for Australia won't play origin. So, you know, uh, so I, I thought they were two among the two best players. And I, I think it's fantastic to think that they might be over here in, in, in four or five months uh, playing uh, under Matt Parrish for, uh, for, for Samoa. So that, that was my favorite thing about origin one, the Samoans. But beautiful. What about you? Oh, what are we up to? Um, okay, things I hated. So, 
Um, no, we you didn't touch on... the format. The format was I was supposed to do number five thing that I hated, and you were supposed to do number well, five. I thought we were supposed to go five to five, four to four, three to three. That's <laughs> all right. Just, just do it. You, <laughs> we're not live, are we, Steve? Yes, we are. Yes. No, I'm just joking. No, that, that's the famous Alfie Langer line on the on the footy show as well. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we touched on uh, uh, earlier. Um, or maybe we didn't, but uh, I'll go with number five. Um, the argument about um, Tom uh, Tommy Turbo versus James Tedesco. And a couple of weeks ago, I said on Twitter about the fact that um, New South Wales will absolutely, 100%, not play Tedesco at fullback. It will be about, it will be about Tom. And what happened on Wednesday night was we basically saw the old days where we had, um, you know, centers connecting, we had basically four halves. When you think about it, you had two halves. Then you had Tedesco playing second wing to Tommy Turbo, and you also had Jake Turbo as well. So, so Paul Green had no chance. He had absolutely no chance. And and old and I saw Greg Alexander last night on um, Anaral three hundred and sixty. And he was so happy. And I guarantee it was Brandy. 100% it was Brandy and said, we need to play this way. And what they did was they said, Tedesco, James, you're the captain. You might be the best player in the world, hypothetically. But this guy called Tommy Turbo, who's been injured for the last two years, let's get him in and see what he can do. So they basically ran out of the field with two centers, four halves, two fullbacks, and Queensland had no idea what hit them. And it was it was madness. That was my number five. Does that make sense? It does, yes. Am I rambling? Am I rambling? No, keep going. All right. So number four is the Queensland bench. And it was absolutely ordinary. So AJ Brimson, who is who has played for Australia, the nines. All right. He hasn't played for the kangaroos yet, but he's played for the nines. Queensland picked him on the bench with um, three other cyborgs. I think it was like Sua, Offingawi, and uh, somebody else. I can't remember the, the third name. But Origin now is just as much about tactics in the 20th, 25th, 30th, 55th, 60th minute than it is the first minute. I knew straight away when you saw us pick Queen Haas on the bench that the Blues were going to kill Queensland through the middle part just before halftime, just after halftime. I think Paul Green, who's even admitted in himself that he screwed up as his first time Queensland coach. Not with this, but looking at his bench to start with, I hated that bench. And the fact that someone went out to the media before the game and said, AJ Brimson is going to play sometime in hooker. He's never played hooker in his life. Anyway, that's number that's number four. Number three, God bless him, he's 175 years old. Ray Warren called the game from Sydney. And I know Steve, and I'm sure you can confirm this as well. He's got certain issues about flying and dying and stresses about life that he doesn't need. But how hard would it be to get him on a Channel Nine Concord? Is that still a thing, a Concord? No, no, but I didn't know he called the game from uh, Sydney, actually. I didn't know. Yeah, no, so he called the game from Sydney. 
and and that, that's that to me. Like Ray Warren deserves to be able to call a game from Sydney. If there was COVID, if there was issues in Queensland, if there was an issue with Qantas planes going down two weeks before, he had to jump up on the plane and go up there. I'm glad but, I didn't put all the coverage. I didn't put all of the coverage. I that's yeah. One, that's one thing I don't. don't and Nick Mill, because and maybe it's it's more. It, it, maybe it's more of a. Um, inclusive thing where, and it does happen, Steve, now, to, I don't know if you know this, but 2GV, when they're calling games, they would rather sit in um, in Piermont, wherever they are now, wherever their, their offices are, and they'd rather sit there from 12 to 10 at night and they don't go to games. And I think people don't like that. I think people want their commentators at the grounds. Maybe that's a personal thing, but I didn't like the fact that Ray Warren couldn't get his ass up God bless the bloke. Happy birthday. It's actually his birthday today. Happy birthday, Rabs. But get up, Townsville, mate. Uh, number two, Origin Host. Let's get my paperwork here. So that actually says Origin Host. So we'll okay. back to this. Oh, okay. This is what it's about. People on social media having a go saying... Just because of COVID, the Victorian government pays hypothetically, say, $20 million to the NRL and says, come down to Melbourne, come to the MCG, 100,000 people. Now people, just because of the shift, say that Origin should be played in Townsville or Canberra or Newcastle in heartland areas once every couple of years. That's outrageous. Origin is on the world stage. It should have already been played in Auckland. It should possibly already been played at Wembley. It should have possibly already been played in, I don't know, Singapore or Hong Kong or whatever. But for people to go back into their bubbles and say, oh, how good was this for Townsville? That's a one-off. And I think people don't understand the reach of Origin and the tourism and the government money that goes into it. Um, so I'm a, I'm a little bit angry about that because people in Townsville go, this is great, but don't forget that if it's stated in the MCG with no COVID, then the local Victorian or the Melbourne people would have had an influx of $20, $25 million worth of tourism. You know what I mean? So let's not go back into our bubbles because I, I know you're a growth guy, Steve, so... What do you think about that? Do you think that it should go back to, like, just because of this COVID thing, should it go to these, and I don't want to call them hick towns because they're rugby league <laughs> towns, and it's very rude to say they're hick towns, but I think that Origin should have already been in Auckland. I think Origin should have already been in Wembley. Like, it should have already happened. I agree with you, I, uh, but that's kind of the, um, so like society's become very parochial and tribal during COVID, hasn't it? Like everyone's been kind of, you know, they're looking inwards. They can't, in many cases, they can't travel like they used to. And and um, that's people's viewpoint has become more insular, more myopic, you know, during this um, pandemic. So it's it's probably indicative of a wider a wider problem. But no, that's a very good point. A couple there I weren't even aware of. I didn't know that Rabs was in Sydney and... I didn't know people were saying that they should 
play more games in Townsville or whatever. So I reckon it's been a great, vibey, upbeat episode, and we should go out without letting it peter out. We should we should go out on top. Thank you for um, um, uh, you know complying with the format, uh, Curtis. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed the one that we did a couple of weeks ago that took weeks of editing. It's up on YouTube now. Uh, and don't forget to uh, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or like if you're watching on Facebook or whatever. And um, and, and for me, my plug for this episode is patreon.com forward slash whitelinefever support the show. Curtis, what do you plug something? Perfect. There's a novelette called Ghost Kicker. Ghost Kicker. Uh, it's online everywhere. And also this shirt, which is Gold Star Superstar Magpies, that's available on the MacArthur Rugby League shop. So have a look. Awesome. Awesome. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you very much for uh, joining us.